Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another beer-tastic voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beer-Tastic Voyage. My name's Kevin. I'm Mark. I'm Justin. And I'm Cliff. Still here, Cliff. Cliff. That's right. He is yet to break his bonds. Break my what? Bonds. You're tied to the chair. Oh, yes. Stop crying about being tied to the chair. Yes, I, uh, not been... Poked with a hot cattle prod as well. <laughs> we left you one arm free for drinking beer, and that's it. Hey, just that's all I need. One that's arm it. And that's one how mouth. Cliff likes it. There you <laughs> go. So, today we have some beers from the Garvey's Point Brewery, and these are a Mark Fine. So, I'm going to throw the ball over to Mark, and he's going to tell us a little bit about the brewery. Yeah, so I took a ride up to uh, Glen Cove after I got out of work on Friday to pick up these beers. Uh, so, I'll give you a little bit of history. Garvey's Point was founded in March 2015 by friends uh, Ben Kossoff and Mark Skoroposki. They sold their first beer in April 2016. The two were inspired to start up their brewery after they took first place with their Gold Coast Double IPA in the 2015 Pride of Brooklyn Homebrew Competition. Okay, sounds good to me. I would imagine that the with all the small breweries in uh, Brooklyn, that the Pride of Brooklyn Homebrew may be a pretty good competition. Yeah, and uh, and also, so Mark did an internship at Greenport Harbor Brewing Company. Which we're big fans of. Yeah, so these guys, and Ben was a long-time home brewer, so these guys kind of knew their shit going into this. That's always a help. I mean, I, don't, I, I always appreciate how when we hear about all these guys that are starting the breweries, there's, there's really very few that seem to get the, I, I don't get the impression that a lot of them are just like, Eh, fuck it, I'm going to go into brewing. Most of them are like, no, we're brewers, we're into this, we love beer, and now we're going to try to make a go out of making a real business out of it, and not just a hobby. Yeah, definitely. So their tasting room actually only opened up in September of last year. Okay. So September 2016. So they haven't been open to the public very long. Their tasting room, you know, though it's small, it's rather nice. And uh, I actually got the pleasure of talking to Mark briefly for a time while I was there on Friday uh, until he got distracted by the city of Glen Cove building inspector walking in and, you know, <laughs> things that were a little bit more important for him to deal with than talking to this guy from a podcast. But he did seem super, or, yeah, he seemed super excited, I know. <laughs> we said we were going to get away from that word, but it's We're failing in our New Year's resolutions. <laughs> very, very, yeah. He seemed excited to, you know, about... You know, being featured on the podcast and whatnot, and he said he'd be open to doing an interview, so hopefully we can set that up at some point in the future. But uh, moving on, beer number one that I've brought for us to drink here is called, the, it's actually, uh, I think just released this weekend. It's their Wit Cap, which is their take on a Belgian Wit beer. All right. It's a uh, 5.2% alcohol by volume. It's very cloudy. It, yeah, it looks, I mean, it, it has the classic whip beer look, hazy, um, light, hazy, very light yeah. in color. Hazy, straw-colored, and a persistent white head. Do we know any of the uh, hop varieties that may be in here? Uh, yes, it, it, they actually use Cascade hops in it for a sort of American twist on the Belgian style. Okay. It's got a nice, got a nice nose. Really bright, um... You know, it tastes, it smells like a lot of what beers do. You know, a little bit citrusy, a little bit bright. Yeah, so it's got the traditional uh, orange zest and coriander in there. 
But they also... Yeah, the oranges is the nose, then. They also add uh, 80 pounds of peach puree into their three-barrel batches. Really? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. The, uh, uh, I don't... I mean, I, I don't discern a peach flavor. I'm very... I'm sensitive to that flavor. I'm not a big peach fan. So when I taste it, I'm kind of like... Go, go away very fast, but I don't, it doesn't, I don't catch that at all. It probably just gives it a little brightness. I think so, yeah, the, from the, uh, the acidity in the peaches, because peach, from what I know, is, uh, a very light flavor and hard to actually get to carry through in a beer, if it's the only fruit. Oh, okay, yeah, sort of like strawberry? Yeah, but not as bad as strawberry. Oh, strawberry okay. is apparently very hard in that sense, but peach... Not though not as difficult as strawberry is definitely sort of hard to bring through. So would this be considered a citrus beer? Since you guys are talking about peaches and well that peach is not citrus, is it? No, but No, but the they're they're zest. yeah, it does have orange zest, but also the coriander gives you a strong citrus flavor. Because okay. I don't I don't get I don't pick that up. So You don't pick up the You don't citrus? get citrus at all? Nah, not really. Okay. Surprising. What do you think about it, Cliff? I like it. It's um, it, this is gonna. My own observation is that uh, it it reminds me of like going to an Oktoberfest and like smelling the food at an Oktoberfest, especially like, I don't know what they call like the sausagey kind of things you usually like at an Oktoberfest. Sausage. Me, I guess, but it's got like a certain. <laughs> are, you, taste. are you waiting for something schnitzel? Is that what you're trying to? Wait for? I don't know. No, like it, it's got a certain like. Bratwurst. Uh, it's got like a certain spice in it that that reminds me of that kind of a taste or that kind of a smell. Maybe that's a good. It's definitely the coriander. Coriander, yeah. Okay, well, that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> so I like it. <laughs> Look, being reminded of Oktoberfest by drinking a beer is definitely not a uh, it's not a strange thing. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that seems to make sense to me. I think it's not. I think it's nice. It's bright. It's it's got a bright flavor to it. There, you know, it tastes like mo- it tastes like a lot of wit beers. But it has all um, the bite at the end. There's not a bite, but um, there's a slight sharpness at the end of the taste. That there is, is... but I don't think it's unpleasant. No, and, and that that's what I'm getting to. I I don't find it unpleasant either. It kind of finishes the sip. Um, it's almost cleansing. I yes. I wouldn't go to the point where it's cleansing. It doesn't really because it stays there. I still oh, it does. Hate, to me, I still taste it. I don't necessarily feel it. For me, cleansing flavors usually disappear. It wipes everything away and then disappears. This one is still kind of there, but when I start the next sip, it goes away. But I like it. I think it's a really, it's a great first beer of of a session. You know, that's uh, the sharpness at the end. Is that that's from the from wheat, right? That's a, a, basically a classic thing when wheat's in beer. Uh, that might also be part of the Cascade hops, honestly. Okay. Uh, Kevin, I see you finished your pour. How about you start us off with the ratings? Um, for my rating, I'm going to go with a pint. I want... Um, yeah, I kind of wish that the... Uh, I had more than the pour that we that we sampled with, but I'm not going to go go crazy with it. I want to drink it and explore it, and then I'm going to move on to something else. So, pint, solid for me. I have to agree with you, uh, Being having been the one at the brewery and doing a flight there before I got these growler fills. There was definitely a lot of other stuff that I enjoyed as well. So after the pint, I'm going to move on to something else. I think it's a great first first part of the, fl- uh, you know, first beer in the flight beer. What did you, uh, what do you want to give it, uh, Cliff? I'll give it a bomber. I liked it a lot. 
It was, uh, this, you know, I'm learning a lot by sitting here with you guys that smell is really important. And it's just as important as tasting. And I like the smell of this beer. And the taste is not offensive. doesn't linger. Uh, I would drink uh, more than one of these. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go with the bomber. I'm going to agree with Cliff. The, uh, what, what gets me about it is the uh, that finish that uh, Kevin alluded to. I, I, I enjoy that uh, that little bit of bite at the end. I think it starts off uh, nice and clean, and that little bite it just lends it kind of that little extra oomph. So I think uh, we all kind of agree that Whip Cap is a is a nice start, a nice starting beer. But what's even nicer is the color on the beer that uh, the second beer that Mark just turned out. Yes. What is this uh, beer, Mark? So this is their blueberry mosaic sour, which is a kettle soured uh, beer that uh, they add 120 pounds of blueberries to in a batch. Wow. <laughs> hence, the lot. Lot. hence the color. That's yeah. that's where that. Uh, dark purple color comes from which is uh yeah it's almost a fuchsia color this yeah is like, it's this very, is a crazy color very striking for a beer and uh they after souring it they uh then uh add mosaic hops into this beer which you definitely get in the aroma oh yeah that's that's the the for me i was actually expecting to get from the color um like a blueberry a blueberry aroma but the, the cascade definitely overwhelms the nose mosaic. mosaic sorry mosaic i'm still on the last beer with the cascade now mosaic is though um another american hop right it is and it might be a daughter cascade i'm not sure on that all right i mean i know it's one that's popular with brewers i see a lot of times that they'll do a uh, a single hop beer with mosaics and yeah just I, I i see that one and usually when they put it in there that they always want to tout that hey there's mosaic hops in here Right, because it is sort of one of those more recent designer uh, hop varieties. Okay. Which is why it's usually featured. <clears throat> so, uh, I don't think I said it, this beer is 5.5% alcohol by volume. Uh, Justin, I see you taking a taste there, so why don't you uh, talk a little so I can get in. Wow, that is a really... Like, I, I've been drinking, uh, like we had on our, on our shotgun episode recently, the uh, that Brooklyn Bel Air, which is a dry hop sour. Right. I don't, this isn't, I don't think this is dry hop that I didn't read, but I definitely, the hop character is there simultaneously with the sour at the same time for me, which is not like the uh, the dry hop sours I've had before, where it was sour and then the hop at the end. This all hits you at the same time. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure if uh, the mosaic hops here are added in the boil post-souring. Or if it was dry hopped with them, uh, I'm I'm not sure there. Yeah, I mean it would definitely it, it wherever it was added, it was added at, at towards the end of the towards the end to give you the uh, the full experience. You think, or I'm I'm I, being that I'm starting. Yeah, I'm I don't curious. I don't I don't think it's uh was boiled long for like to get a lot of bitterness in here because it's not needed when you have uh the acidity from the souring. But uh, this is super good beer. Yeah, it's um the the, the level of, of hop in there. Yeah, super. Super. Uh the <laughs> level of hop in here is is very aggressive. Um I can't not having expected it, I can't tell if I, I, I like that feature or if I don't. Well, the nose just as soon as I picked the glass up, the nose just punched me with <laughs> how much mosaic scent that you had in it. I find it very complimentary though to the tartness and the blueberry. I don't find the hop out of place here. I think it I think it all kind of blends together for I think, a very... I think in the taste it does. Just initially, when I first picked up the glass, it was, oh, really, yeah. it was really strong. But after you actually get a chance to take the sip of it, then it... You know, when, when I'm tasting a beer, I really try to take 
a deep whiff first and really let the smell enter, <clears throat> pardon me, really try to get the smell in first and kind of process it. And then I go back for a sip. And once you took the sip, it all kind of blended together and it really developed into a nice flavor. But just initially, that first scent was really strong to me. No, I, no argument with you there. But I'm just saying the overall composition of this beer makes it super crisp and refreshing. And I definitely want to come back for another sip every time I swallow. So I'm curious to see what Cliff has to say about this. Because this is a, <clears throat> a style of beer that, especially when someone isn't drinking a lot of craft beer, sours can usually go one way or the other. You're either going to hate them or like them. And especially being that this is a fairly aggressively hop sour. Uh, what do you think, Cliff? I'll argue with Kevin. The uh, the smell gets you right in the beginning. Um, I think punch was a good description of uh, how it makes you react and you smell it. Um, I liked it. You know, it's... Um, I don't think it's something that I would drink uh, often, but it's uh, it really overwhelms your taste buds. Not in a bad way, um, but really it, that that sour taste really does come through. Um, it's good, you know. It's uh, it's definitely different than a lot of other beers I've ever had. You know, I think the um, it when you put it all together, this beer of the sh the very forward aroma, the very bright color, and the really bright flavors that are really forward and and assertive in every, in every way it kind of all matches you know it's the fact that you have you know it, it's it's exciting i like it i'm really it's i'm like really seeing... happy that we got this and it's definitely something different and it's it, it i just like that it, it it kind of it kind of go all goes together that it stands out by nose it stands out by appearance and i think it stands out by taste as well it's uh it's like a beautiful woman you know, you see her for the first time, you can't stop staring at her. I can't stop smelling this thing. Okay. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Are you, sniff, are you sniffing beautiful women again? No, 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 no. I just, I can't stop, like, going back to it and just, you know, getting, you know, getting enough of what, what I first liked about it. Well, what's, what's you know, great about, especially this style of beer, is that it, it's not something that, like, Brooklyn's a, a very large brewery, and they have that, that Bel Air Sour that we tasted, but it's only recently that larger breweries are really kicking out. Um, sours. It also takes a long time to make a sour. It takes up a lot of space and um, Delaware, sort of, relatively speaking, longer than a regular beer. So that's why it, uh, it's not something that a lot of the larger breweries invest in. But as people like them, they're, they're starting to make more of them. Yeah, sour beer is certainly one of the fastest growing sort of categories or genres or markets, whatever you want to call it, in oh, craft nice. beer. So that's why you're seeing a lot more uh, kettle sours and traditional sours coming out from every brewery because everybody wants their piece of that pie. Well, what I noticed was um, Philadelphia, um, when I was down there, um, we mentioned on the episode that, you know, around here for a long time, it was, you know, there were three or four IPAs on every menu. Um, and, you know, nothing against IPAs. It's just three or four of them on a menu to me is it's a lot. And there are definitely different varieties of them. But down there, that's how, like, sours and saisons and gozas were. And it seems to be that, that maybe they were a little bit ahead of the curve, and now it's starting to come into our area. That may be. Um, so, Justin, do you have any other thoughts on the Blueberry Mosaic before we go around and give our ratings? No, I think uh, if you want, I'll, I'll kick it off. I'm going uh, to call it a bomber. I, uh, I want to have a couple of these, and then um, probably cleanse my palate with something else because of the aggressiveness of the flavor. But they're, it's, a, it's a solid beer. Kevin, how about you? Yeah, I'm going to... 
I'm gonna piggyback on Justin there and really and say that bomber is just the right size for this. Uh, one's not gonna be enough, but two, two and a half is gonna be right where I want it to be. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the uh, a squealer, just to aggravate Justin because we haven't thrown one of those to him in a while. I, I love watching. Oh, yeah, that. a whole episode went by without one. A whole <laughs> episode. You know how long that feels in my heart. <sighs> what God. is a squealer? Don't mind me asking. Wait. Well, I thank, won't you go, for, I, thank you for asking. Well, yeah, I, pre I appreciate. Can I open this. a can of worms. No, no, this no. can is constantly open. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> we don't close the can. Doesn't it's happen. Pandora's box. Oh. Uh, so these sort of miniature thirty-two ounce growlers are sometimes referred to as squillers by breweries, oh. or sometimes they're called growlets, if you will. Then that's yeah. He's not even just being a jerk like he usually is. They are sometimes called yeah. growlets. Do <laughs> <laughs> it. So. Now that I now that I've made Justin roll his eyes and sort of get a you know increase his blood pressure slightly, I'm gonna I'm gonna it's swear at Mark a little bit. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm going to fit my rating into our system here and give it a, a bomber, a solid bomber. And how uh, about you? How about you, Cliff? Uh, I was gonna say pint originally, but I'll go bomber. I think uh, you know, talk you into it. <laughs> yeah, well, I just it, I can't help but go back to it. It's just really interesting. That's the that's interesting. Whenever it comes to food or drinking anything, when someone goes interesting, it's always always like, well, is that a good interesting or a bad interesting? But I know what you mean. It, it's an out of the ordinary thing, and I'm sure that when you came today, you didn't expect something like no, that. No, definitely not. What do we got now uh, to to uh, finish up Garvey's point? To, so to round up our sampling here from Garvey's point, we have their port service, which is an oatmeal smoked porter that's six percent alcohol by volume. All right, so smoke porter, that means they smoke the malt in it, correct? Or at least a portion of it, yes. All right, so I'm sure when you saw this on their board, you went, ooh, it's smoke, got to have some of that, Got got give, me, give me that one. I, I'm going to say right now that I'm pretty sure that this be, this one beer is pretty much one, the whole reason he went to Garvey's Point. Then the other stuff was like, wow, this is really good, but that one right there was the selling point. No, I was also certainly intrigued by the blueberry mosaic. Yeah. It, it certainly, those two beers are what made me decide to drive up the Glen Cove instead of to Lithology in Farmingdale for this particular recording session. We will get to Lithology eventually, but, you know. It wasn't a negative on Lithology. It was no, just a no. super, a, a super, we'll go there again, super positive <laughs> for, uh, um. You're gonna have to start tallies. Yeah, I was about to say that we should start putting in the notes, yeah. just like, account of how many times we said the word super we, in each episode what we should do is throw a swear jar in every, every time we say super it's a dollar and then by the end no, of the year, by I, the end of the year we could we'll be able to go to the great american beer festival for a quote-unquote free i know so like yeah dollar is nice and all but you're not so for the listeners at home they're not going to hear the dollar bill being added to the jar so i'll, it's I'll, I'll, get, dollar one, I'll get one of those sacagawea things I'll All right, that that, I, yeah, that's fine. We we need to actually go through the effort of going to banks to get dollar coins, so that way we get that audio of the coin hitting the glass jar. I actually I'm carry you right all now. my dollars in coins, that way I can have a little sack that I can bounce in my hand and throw on the counter of the store, and then the people stare at me and they go, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> like you're in old, change? like you're in old timey London. <laughs> exactly. What you're going to hear from me when I throw my sock and is the first click is going to be off Mark's forehead, and the second one is going to be into the glass. <laughs> All right, so what? Tell us a little bit more about the uh, this. What is it called? The Port Service Smoke Porter. Correct. So the their flavor text for this beer is uh, this robust porter has a warm place in our heart for its dark roasted malt character and rich essence of chocolate and coffee. The flaked oats provide a smooth mouthfeel, which is complemented by a complex yet pleasant addition of smoked malts. 
It's fermented with Scotch ale yeast for a surprisingly unique finish. Well, I think unique finish. I, I just as you're reading that, I was finishing my first sip of it, and that totally hits it. The smoked flavor is definitely present, um, almost to the almost to the point where it's like in good barbecue that you get a real smoked flavor with it. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this when I had a, a tasting of it at the brewery, and uh, I definitely was. Uh, Determined to share it with you. Don't worry, I'll edit that pause out. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? <laughs> um, I what I like is it. I, I like when beers have distinct flavors as it goes through my mouth. I get smoked right away, and then I get a little bit of uh, coffee, and then a little little bit of chocolate, and then the finish. I don't. I don't. I'm gonna have to go back a couple more times. I don't know exactly what he what they mean by unique finish. Do you know what about Scottish ale yeast would do you have any idea what 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 kind of finish that would give or what character that could give? I so I I don't have a lot of first-hand experience using Scottish ale yeast, but I believe they generally um, leave beers with a little bit extra residual sweetness, which I think might be what they're talking about here because I do get a little bit of sweetness at the end after I take a sip on this. What do you got, Cliff? Uh, yeah, well, the coffee thing was the first thing I, I thought when I smelt it. Um, it really is a really good taste. Um, that's really all I can say about it. It's, it's, it's a very comforting uh, feeling I get when I drink it. And uh, I maybe wouldn't have this over and over again, like if I'm out, but uh, maybe one, maybe even at the end of a meal I might have it. So it's comforting you while you're tied up in that chair. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's getting me through You this are starting to get a little, I've, I've noticed some sagging. I've noticed you're really just starting to, you know, relax and accept the fact that you're I'm really that you're not going anywhere. Um, that's right. I'm uh, I'm feeling the love here, being <laughs> tied up. So you're saying this beer is a warm blanket in a fireplace on a cold winter night? Uh yeah, yeah, very homey. <laughs> very, very homey. We're gonna. I'm pretty sure if we caught that garbage point, they're gonna add that to the flavor text. <laughs> very homey, Cliff. <laughs> not being forced to say this. Not at all. <laughs> um, well, I think it's head. a. I think it's a pretty solid flavor. The the smoke is really prominent, um, yet not overpowering. The what the uniqueness to the finish, I think, kind of comes to the fact that you are changing from a smoke to a sweet. You know that it, that I don't know if it's really sweet that I'm getting. Like you mentioned, Mark, you mentioned that the Scottish ale sometimes maybe goes to sweet at the finish. Um, I'm just kind of remembering back to earlier in our recording session today when we did the shotgun for the Marauder, which is a Scotch ale. And it had not quite the same finish. Obviously, the barrel and the, the long-term aging in that is going to change it. But in just in Scotch ales that I've had in the past, there is a certain that I'm... It's one of those things, again, that I identify it by what it is, and I don't know how else to describe it, but there's a definitive flavor that goes with Scotch Ale, so in that style, and to me, it's a little bit of, not pucker, but it's just a, the back of my tongue tightens up a little bit as I finish that last swallow, and it just change, it changes the way you finish this sip, and I think it's, I think it's kind of nice with it. Well, what, what um, if you could take a hazard a guess, uh, Mark, what do you think gives it the smoked flavor? It's, it's, it's probably it's smoked malt. 
Yeah, they literally take a portion of the malt, probably the base malt, and then smoke it. That's interesting. I want, you know, do you, just like meat, if you use different uh, woods to smoke it, are you going to Yeah, you're going to get different characters. That's it. That's very interesting. Which, I know uh, I Sorry. spoke about my love of smoked beers a lot in our Blind Bat episode, and I know that's something that uh, Paul really experiments with, is using different uh, woods to smoke his malt for his beer. But at the same point, like, I don't know if you've ever made the mistake, Mark, well, I know you smoke a lot of things in your backyard, or just you've gone to a barbecue joint and had it, experienced it, where if they over-smoke things, that it now becomes stale and it, sharp, yeah, and if it's, it's, it's not pleasant, and it smells almost like going into a smoker's home. Yeah, it you know, definitely... Old, terrible if, smell. If it's overdone, <laughs> it definitely becomes acrid. Yeah, and... I've had some I've had some smoked beers that that occurs with, and I don't think it does that here, but it maybe almost starts to get that way on my tongue by the time I'm finishing the sip. Yeah, what I'm noticing is as I finish basically the uh, the half pint pour that uh, which is not a rating, so don't fucking say that. Um, <laughs> getting into it, man. Yeah. But um, they uh, I, I'm as that I'm liking it less, I'm finding that the smoky smoky flavor is sticking around in my in my in my mouth a little longer than maybe I would like. Um, it's just interesting as you drink a beer, like the first, first, um, sip, I'm like, I want to drink a ton of this. And then as you drink it, it, it can change your opinion. All right. I mean, I'm going to start us off on the ratings here. This is a solid bomber for me. I certainly enjoy a couple of glasses of these with the aforementioned, uh, warm blanket and fire on a cold winter night. And Cliff tied up. <laughs> Am I... In your fantasy of being in the fire, am I tied up in these? Because <laughs> you're always tied up in <laughs> because, because no one can see Cliff. Cliff's genuinely scared right now. You're all three bearded men. We <laughs> are in a basement room with yeah. a closed door. <laughs> and there is only one exit. But you are closest to the exit. That's true. But, but it's going to be hard to get you and the chair that you're attached to out. I feel like, yeah, Mark would just reach over and just keep me here. <laughs> While Justin got up and then reapplied the... And by feel like you mean hope. That's right. Yeah, I don't want to. This is getting creepy. <laughs> so, Cliff, what do you? What's your rating on the the uh, smoke porter? Uh, I'm gonna go growler on this. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I. Uh, it um. It's something that uh, if I was having a really great day, maybe if I was a weekend or a vacation, definitely during winter, sitting in front of TV, keeping warm, maybe pull, pull the growler out, pour a glass of this. All right. So, so next winter break. So next winter break from school, you're gonna have this sitting around That's when, right. you're, when you're at home grading midterms. That's, you're gonna be drinking one of these. I do not grade drinking. I'm just saying. Okay. You don't drink and grade. No. You should. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> That's different from grading drinking. I'm definitely not a teacher, but I don't know how I would do it any other way. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna go pint. And uh, I, this is one of those ones where I don't want anyone to think that I don't like this beer. I really do. I especially like the complexity of the smokiness. I just think that uh, it's going to, after a pint, I'm not going to appreciate it as much. And I think it will be uh, um, a little too overwhelming for my palate. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, again, agree with Justin on a rating and say that the pint is where I want to be. The flavor is a little strong for me in wanting to drink more than one of it. Um, I think it's really good flavor, and I want one, and it may be one that I'm going to have 
at the end of a meal, kind of just when you're, you know, not getting up from the table and just hanging out and having one more beer, I'll have one of these as that one more beer. Cliff is nodding in agreement. Yes, I hear the rocks. I see it. <laughs> but the... Um, no, I'm nodding because I want to get out of these uh, things you've tied me to. No. No, we're almost done. We're almost done. It's okay. <laughs> we'll give you a pee break, okay? All right. But, yeah, for me, it's, it's a pint. And again, not judging quality, but just the volume that I can consume of it. So that wraps up our tastings on this particular outing to Garvey's Point. But I wanted to also note, uh, for in the time that I actually got to speak to Mark, he told me that they are going to be canning their first beers probably around the end of March, early April. Starting off with their uh, Gold Coast Double IPA that they had uh, won the Pride of Brooklyn Homebrew Competition with. And he showed me the the artwork that's going to go on the cans and it's like uh really nice like art deco sort of great gatsby <laughs> type stuff <laughs> that's and cool. yeah it looks really cool so so that's breaking news here we're, we're dropping uh we're dropping scoops all over the place right now i'm not sure if it's breaking news but it's certainly uh coming up sort soon. of insider information all and right. uh yeah so if uh We've piqued your interest. Keep an eye out for cans coming up uh, right around Easter. Now, do you know, are they, did they invest in canning equipment themselves, or are they doing the... No, they're going to the be using the batch a mobile bring canner. The mobile yep. Canning? yep. I, I, I'm seeing, you know, we, we talked about that in the first episode that we came across the people coming up to canning, and I'm glad that that's enabling brewers to get their product out there. Yeah, I mean, uh, the location that they're in currently is way too small for them to install their own canning equipment and whatnot. They just don't have the room. Not that that's a bad thing, but... Right. No, can, canning, the uh, the machinery needed to have canning set up all the time, you got to be doing such a big volume that it's going to be moving. Otherwise, you'd spend half your time setting it up and breaking it down. Like, it wouldn't even make sense. Well, you also have to have staff that you know, knows how to use the canning equipment and, and all that other stuff. Right? This, the mobile canning just seems to be the, the, the best of both worlds for smaller breweries, being able to put it in a, in a, you know, from what I understand, a superior vessel to a bottle as far as long-term storage and um, not having to uh, have permanent resources and permanent uh, equipment taking up space. Yeah. Um. um do either of uh, any any of you three gentlemen have anything else that we want to uh, yeah, bring up today? Yeah, yeah, I'd like to. Uh, we have uh, you know Garvey's Point was recently opened in September, um, and we have a really new brewery that opened up uh, actually this past Friday. I got to go to the, uh, the opening of Po' Boy in uh, Port Jeff Station. Okay, excellent. And uh, Bobby and uh, Sam took care of me up there, and it was it was great. It was, they have four. I uh, had four beers on tap and uh, four ciders on tap, and I mentioned to you uh, both Mark and Kevin uh, earlier that it's the first time I've been to a brewery tried everything they had and had not one thing that I wouldn't drink again. Now they're not down they're not all the way down by the water like Port Jeff Brewing is. They're no, up they're by the right, train station. They're right, right next to Fun Pearl. Okay, which is a very short walk to the train station, so that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's definitely uh, um, conveniently located near the train station. The uh the inside the decor inside is really cool. It's uh kind of like a I don't know, it's hard to describe, but they they, they embrace the woodsiness of what you would think with Po' Boy. Although right. um, and just for for the record, uh <laughs> And Bobby gets the question all the time, so I'll answer it for him. They they're not serving po boys there. <laughs> it's something I, he would he would love to do in the future, I guess. That's but disappointing. Yeah, yeah. But the um the grand opening there was a uh it was packed. There was a ton of people, and everybody seemed to really love the beer. And I had a really great time hanging out. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us, Cliff. I 
almost cut you off there, so go ahead. I just, by the time this episode is, is posted, the 24-hour threshold for calling the cops for missing persons <laughs> will be done. So somebody please, I'm in Kevin's house. Send help. Please help I will me. just call him and tell him it's Kevin's house. They'll know. Yeah, I'll yeah. Cliff. <laughs> Just Cliff, I'll call your wife and tell her that I'm keeping you for a few days. It's not going to be a big she deal. She likes be, me more than she likes you anyway. She'll be happy having the apartment to herself. <laughs> we're, we're also, we're gonna we're gonna buy her some perfume made from that blueberry mosaic that you kept smelling. So, it's exhilarating. <laughs> it's like it's a red colored beer, and it reminds me of the song "Lady in Red." Is dancing with me. Cheek to cheek. I think you need to get your eyes checked, buddy, because uh, purple is certainly not red. All right, well, whatever. Purple, red. <laughs> Lady in purple. Purple haze, whatever. There you go. All right. That's a, that's a different beer. Purple Rain's a great song, and so we'll go with Purple Rain. I'm going to I'm gonna lift, this, I'm gonna lift this whole thing out of the gutter right now and say uh, thanks, thanks for listening, and uh, join us next time. Cheers, everyone. If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash beertasticvoyage, and Twitter and Instagram at beertasticshow, or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers.